As if the McCrispy couldn't get any better, Bacon and Ranch just entered the chat. The Bacon Ranch McCrispy, available at participating McDonald's for a limited time. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Like me, Lee Murray wanted to be world champion in the USC. He just happens to be involved in the largest cash robbery in the world. He's definitely not sane. <laughs> Showtime Sports presents the unbelievable true story about the MMA fighter who pulled off one of the largest heists in history. Huge amounts of money, armed gang, disguises, kidnapping. This is sort of thing you see in Hollywood films. We've never seen that for real. Catching Lightning, streaming Friday, April 7th, only on Showtime. Streaming with Paramount+. Plus. Hello again, Broncos country, and welcome to another episode of the Orange Weekly pregame podcast. We are coming off of a big win against Miami that nobody saw coming, including all the experts, except for maybe a couple people here. But hey, we're going to move on. So we're going to play a big New Orleans team without Drew, uh, Drew Brees coming up this week. Uh, on Thanksgiving week, happy Thanksgiving to everybody as you guys are listening to this. And uh, it's going to be a pretty big game that we're going to be going up against. So uh, enjoy the podcast. Sit back, relax, grab a drink, uh, enjoy some family this weekend, and enjoy another episode of the Orange Weekly pregame podcast. Orange Weekly. Fans, brews, and Broncos news. Well, welcome back, Jared. You haven't been here in a, in a hot minute. Yeah, no, it's good to be back. I'm glad that uh, I can make it in. Oh, yeah, awesome. Great. David, how are you feeling, man? You look uh, exceptionally stoned tonight. I am relaxed. <laughs> I was going to use the word relaxed maybe as a euphemism for stoned, but I guess the cat's out of the bag on that one. We're just, yeah. Uh, yeah. Listen, it's cat- my... I, the yeah, never in the bag. That's true. Right. That's true. But you know what? It's the, it's the night before Thanksgiving. I don't have to go to work tomorrow. I don't have to go anywhere else tonight. So yes, I enjoyed a little bit, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna apologize to our listeners for that. <laughs> well, fantastic. That's so, right. Let's just get right into this because uh, who wants to hear about David smoking weed? I kind of do, but not tonight. So uh, New Orleans <laughs> after the Saints, show. After the, after show. the show. Perfect. Yeah. 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 New Orleans Saints without Drew Brees. When is the last time? That we, well, I mean, last year when he, like, destroyed his thumb. But, like, still, it was still his team. You know what I mean? Bridgewater right. was just that plug gap. But now Taysom Hill, are we getting a sense of the future for the Saints? Is this guy going to be a potential starter next year? You know, I think the way that uh, Payton, uh, Sean Payton has really, like, prepared him for that last game against the Falcons and how he's preparing him for this upcoming week is indication that, like, there's a lot of faith in this this guy being able to run the full offense and even more than breeze could because he's got like legs and he's not, you know, brittle anymore. So what's uh, what's some initial thoughts going into this week? Well, to your original or to your point there, I guess, overall, the idea of Taysom Hill being the starter next year for the, for the new Orleans saints, 
I'm a little bit more leery of Sean Payton and his uh, deviousness, <clears throat> let's call it. It's a nice than way that. to put it. Yeah. So, yeah, I think, I think he's protecting Jameis Winston a little bit because I think he wants Jameis Winston to be their long-term answer there and to keep him there on a reasonable deal would be easier if they don't expose him by showing improved play at any point, you know, for an extended period of this season. Um, so that that may be figuring into it a little bit just from what I saw of Taysom Hill last week. And I, I saw some of that game. It was actually on here in Colorado, uh, the Saints-Falcons game. So I wow. saw, you know, I, I was I had it on while I was doing other stuff. But it was interesting to watch him have to be more than just the their gadget player and yeah. really kind of run their offense. And, that, you know, it's as creative an offense as you're going to see because it's still Sean Payton. So they'll do all sorts of things with wildcat formations, uh, halfback passes, wide receiver throwback passes, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, still having a guy like Taysom Hill back there as opposed to Drew Brees, that offense looked a lot different. Um, and it's going to be a little bit of a challenge, I think, for this Fangio defense um, to kind of adjust to what they're doing. Not that I don't think they can do it. I think it's a really good matchup. But I don't know, Jared, from a coaching standpoint, do you think that you saw any kind of difference there? I mean, I, yes and no. I, I think the biggest part about this is I, I actually disagree with you, David. I kind of mm. agree with Matt. I think he is he is making uh, Taysom Hill his future. Okay. And I think by, by naming him the starter this week and getting him those reps, and I also watched that game, and I think uh, what I really did see is that Sean Payton got to be much more creative in his offense than you can yeah. with Drew Brees, and I think he mm-hmm. likes that. And as long mm-hmm. as Sean Payton is there, I think he likes the idea that he can get creative with a guy like Taysom Hill back there and, and a couple other guys who can actually throw the ball, which is surprising. Uh, and, and we saw that. And, and, you know, two rushing touchdowns from him, it opens up the field a lot more. And it's a, a lot of teams, especially in the NFC, are going that way. You're talking about the, the Ravens kind of have that, you know, obviously in Jackson, that running offensive uh, quarterback. Uh, you know, Kyle Pat Murray. Mahomes can Cardinals, do it if he yeah. can do it. The Cardinals and, and Murray. So you're, you're starting to see some teams go that way. And I think it's kind of fun for the offensive coordinator when you have a guy like that that can be useful in multiple different areas. Oh, absolutely. Um, as, as far as this game goes, I think Fangio has proven that he can do a good job against rookie slash newer quarterbacks in the league i think he knows how to rattle them up and i think this is going to be no different i think there's going to be a way that we're going to get to him don't get me wrong if you listen to ragers i'm going to take the over on Taysom hill's running yards because i think they're going to lower it pretty far against this defense we're the number two ranked defense in the league especially against the run and i i think it's going to be really low because Taysom hill is going to get a couple breaks there's going to be some times that we're not paying attention to him and he's going to get a couple breaks, but I think we're going to be able to control this offense in a way that we would not be able to control a Drew Brees led New Orleans Saints. That's interesting because I don't really see it that way. I think that Fangio is going to, you know, bring his best and it's going to be a tough defense to beat. But to your point, Jared, like, you know, the Saints are moving into that modern offense direction now, right? With a mobile quarterback, but not just any mobile quarterback. This is like a power runner quarterback, which. You know, Lamar Jackson's a finesse, like he's a ballerina back there. Kyler Murray is like, I don't know how to describe him. He's so fun to watch, like really quick, really low center of gravity, can do stuff that nobody else can. But Taysom Hill, like he's a shoulder down and like run you over type of quarterback. So, uh, you know, I think that with this playbook opening up, I don't think there's a lot of film out there to really like prepare for Taysom Hill there's one game against you know the Falcons who are a pretty mediocre defense um so I do think that like Fangio is good against newer quarterbacks and he will have some big plays against or generate big plays against uh, a Hill but you know I I still think the Saints offense is going to put up some points and and 
they're going to challenge the hell out of Fangio. Like he's, he's Absolutely. in for a really, really big day uh, because like Taysom Hill, like he was his first start NFL start last week and it took him a quarter and a half, maybe, you know, three, two quarters to like get into a good groove. But once he did, you know, he was, he, he was hitting passes, man. He was running really well. He scored twice on his, you know, uh, on these like improvised run plays. So uh, I, I think there's going to be a, a new look Saints here. It's not going to be as like precise in the passing game, but it's going to be a lot more dynamic. Um, so, and like David said, man, a lot of like screens, a lot of quick passes, a lot of Camara, a lot of Michael Thomas. Uh, you know, it, it's just the ball's going to be spread all around the field. Uh, but they're against get the ball in the hands of their playmakers, and oh yeah, that's, the, that's oh, what yeah. they're going to be doing. And against mm-hmm. the Bron- like Fangio's Broncos defense, man, this is number two unit in the league. Like you know, they're up for a challenge as well. This is going to be, this could be like game of the week type of material because just given, you know, the, the, the strength of those units. Um, but, you know, on the other side of the ball though, like, you know, the Saints defense, I think is number five overall. Yeah. Number five overall. Uh, they're number two against the run. Uh, yeah. You know, in coverage, man, they're, they're not as good in coverage. They're 14th. So maybe we're going to have Locke throw it a lot more than he did last week. Uh, but this is still a strong defensive unit that we may not be able to rely as much on the running game, even though we may want to. Um, so, you know, looking on that side of the ball, like, how are you feeling about this off our, our offense going up against this, like, up and coming Saints defense? Like, they're getting better and better every week. And we're kind of like up and down every week, you know? Yeah, so this this is crazy too. This is not a New Orleans Saints team that most NFL watchers are used to. We're you know most and at least in the last ten years, the NFL the, the New Orleans Saints have always been this high powered offense, just score score score, and their defense has always been just terrible. <laughs> it's always just been super super high scoring games every time they go in there. And now you're starting to see kind of a little bit of a shift, especially with these guys. This this defense is actually doing very well, and their run defense is very very good. And unfortunately, with our just like you said, Matt, like what team is going to show up? Uh, I'm I'm a huge believer in if Drew Locke throws for more than 30 times, our chances of winning go down each time he throws after 30 times in the game. And, and that's just me. I think we need to have that balanced run past the offense. I don't think he could carry the whole team on his shoulders like some of these other elite quarterbacks. Again, he's young. He needs that time. I'm not jumping the lock train at all. But what I'm saying is I think we need to keep that balance, even if we're not getting super success in the run game right off the bat. Um, but I, I don't know what I'm going to see because I mean, last four or five weeks, we've seen different teams each each week. And which team shows up this week is going to be it's it's kind of up in the air. Right. Especially if you start to see the run game not be effective early on. Like if we're getting stuffed at the line of scrimmage, you know, consistently in the first quarter early, I think we're going to probably, you know, we're all going to be dreading them shifting away from that run game, you know, and and moving to that pass scenario. Jared was talking about where you're going to get more than 30 pass attempts from Locke, which turns into more than 40 pass attempts, which against this secondary you know the Saints are not super strong at corner, but they've got some well, really nice. Uh, you know they've got a they've got well, oh, they've got one, Lattimore. Uh, you know and and Janoris Jenkins too, and I shouldn't say He's that coming you know, around again. Yeah, Janoris right. Jenkins. I mean, he doesn't have to be the number one like he was with the Rams, and it didn't work in the Giants, and and now in the Saints defense, he can just kind of like play his role, and he's working well. And then uh, you know Patrick Robinson has a lot of experience, but you know the strength of this defense in the secondary has got to come from the safeties, especially Malcolm oh, sure. Jenkins. Yeah. Like, Marcus Malcolm, Williams and Malcolm Jenkins. And Marcus wow. Ma- Malcolm yeah. Jenkins, I think went in 2018, 2019, he played a hundred percent of the defensive snaps. 
Jeez, in both blue. years. Yeah. And like the three years before he was averaging like 99 or 98% of defensive snaps. Like he can play at any like secondary position. He, the guy's a stud, right? And like, he's almost 33. It's yeah. ridiculous. And he just can't get off the field because he's just, a, you know, just a beast. He's really smart. Um, you know, I think this defense is is coming around really well this year. I mean, uh, you know, the defensive line, I would say, is probably their weakest point outside of Cameron Jordan. Because uh, as soon as you move back, like, man, they traded for Quan Alexander. A yeah. Few weeks ago, the trade deadline. And Quan Alexander is a really, really nasty athlete, man, at linebacker. So, right. And since yeah. he won't have to be the guy because they have Demario Davis. Boy, that was one thing. That was one player who stood out to me when I was watching that Falcon Saints game. Demario oh. Davis was wrecking that game you by saw, himself. First team right. All Pro last year. Yeah, he, he kind of came out of nowhere. He wasn't that great with the Jets, and then he really fit in with Dennis Allen and and the whole Saints uh, defensive scheme. Yeah, and boy, the last couple of years, man, Pro Bowler, All Pro, he is uh, phenomenal. Really, right. just uh, like exceptional linebacker. So, uh, man, Pat Shermer's got his handful. This week, yeah. and we haven't even gotten to the the strength of their defense yet. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, we, uh, we the defensive line is ridiculous. I mean, we talked about their run defense a little bit, but Cameron Jordan, Malcolm Brown, David Onyemata, like, good lord, the, you, your offensive line just had its best game of the season against the Dolphins, right? Mm-hmm. And now they've got to carry that momentum forward to this. I, I, that's going to be a, that's a tough, tough matchup. I mean, obviously they're not going to be intimidated by these guys. They're going to go out there and play their game. Um, But man, you know, the, I I don't know if we are going to be able to pull off some of the things we were able to pull off against Miami, those outside runs where we pull a guard or even the left tackle around to the right end. Like Mm. New Orleans front is way too athletic for that. Like they are going to, they're going to shed those blocks and be on us in the backfield at an instant before that play develops. So yeah. yeah. The Falcons offense like stalled against these guys last week. Like they they had like negative yards at some point in the second half. Like they just couldn't get the ball moving at all. And this was like a Matt Ryan, Julio, well Julio was hurt for most of the game, but uh, you know, this is still a veteran offense and, and they stalled against the saints defense. So, you know, I, I just think this defense is really like they're hitting their stride. But but we were talking about the Dolphins last week and how they were hitting their stride too, True. you know, on, on a five-game winning streak. And and we still brought it to them and we beat them. So is this game winnable? Yeah, I think so. Absolutely. And, and you know what the worst part is? You look to forward towards the Denver Broncos schedule. All these games are winnable. Mm-hmm. If we play, if we play the way that we can see them play, if we can put it all together, our team is very, very good. It's whether or not we can put it together against some of these more senior guys, like against some more of these senior teams. Yeah. Yeah. It's just about establishing the run right now for this offense, you know, not putting too much on the young quarterback's plate. Cause if he's made one thing clear and it, I agree, it's way too early to make any kind of evaluation on Drew Locke uh, right now. But if he's made one thing clear, it's that you cannot put the game on his shoulders Absolutely. and just expect him to win it for you. It's not, he's not ready yet. Nope. It, nobody here saying he, he may, he'll never get there. I think he probably will if he gets the right coaching, but it's not there yet. So if you've got a solid run game with two guys who have proven they can run the football really effectively, if you stick with them, you know, it's just going to be a strength on strength situation with that portion of our offense versus this defense. We'll see how they stack up against the actual, you know, best in the league right now. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see because I mean, like, I'm comparing it just to this last game because it's mm-hmm. one of the one 
recently seen, but like, you know, the Falcons only have Todd Gurley and Todd Gurley has been running the ball the same way since he's gotten the league. He's that zone runner, one cut, like it's really good. He fits that style well, but once that got shut down, they couldn't do anything. Now with the Broncos, Gordon and Lindsay, they both run the ball differently. And then Freeman also runs the ball differently. So it, mm-hmm. it's nice in that sense because like the defense is going to have to switch their their cues, their anticipation, their timing every time a new running back comes on the field. So I would love to see Shermer roll like three running backs, just like almost <laughs> like two plays in, two plays in, and mm-hmm. just kind of like, hey, new fresh legs every down and just kind of see what happens to keep the defense just on their knees. Um, you know, that'd be a, a pretty cool perspective that might open up the play action game that might open up a lot of different things that we can do to take advantage of, you know, <clears throat> some things within the secondary, like Janoris Jenkins is still a smaller bodied corner. If we can line up like Tim Patrick on him, I think that'd be, uh, you know, a nice advantage for us, even, uh, uh, uh Judy. Uh, but you know, otherwise like, you know, I, uh, to be real honest, like this defense worries me way more than the Dolphins defense did. This might be one of the better units we face all year. So it's going to be a, an interesting match, let's say. Uh, <laughs> looking at this roster, though. So uh, on, your, on your point, though, on for, for both Patrick Robinson, Patrick Robinson's 5'11", Janoris Jenkins is 5'10", five, five Tim Patrick is 6'5". Yeah. Now we're talking, those are some big differences, and I would not be surprised to see a couple jump balls up mm-hmm. to Tim Patrick, especially as we start getting towards the red zone or if we just see him deep so he can go up and get it, trust your receiver to make the play. I, I, I think a couple deep shots to Tim Patrick might be in our in our playbook because of those matchups. Oh, most definitely. And I, I really love that deep in he had against the Dolphins. You know, it took a few seconds to get there, but man, when he caught the ball, a huge 40-yard gain. Um, you know, if, if we can catch the Saints in a zone defense, I think that'd be, uh, you know, a nice thing to take advantage of. Um, I have a feeling, though, that Marshawn Lattimore is going to be shadowing Tim Patrick most of the game. Just exactly. based on, you know, from what I've seen the Saints. So I've watched a lot of the Saints games this year. I think I just love watching the Saints. They're a really fun team. And I've seen Marshawn Lattimore like shadow receivers, you know, week in and week out. Um, he, he, he shut down uh, Mike Evans, you know, the time, he, I think the first time he played against him. And, and he's had a lot of these sort of instances where it's like, Allen's just like, you know, Lattimore, you take their number one guy, lock him down, and then we'll figure out the rest. So, uh, you know, are we going to see that this week against Tim Patrick? You know, maybe uh, it could be against Judy or they might just not take that direction and just play kind of like, you know, Lattimore's on the left and or, or on the right rather and Jen, uh, Jenkins on the left. Who knows what, what it's going to be. Um, but just like, you know, deep diving into this roster here, um, you know, we're on the trend of the defense. So let's stick with them. Who's who's uh, we, we named a lot of players. We pretty much named their entire starting lineup. But like who's who's a uh, who's a defensive player on this roster that really worries you? Oh, uh, let's go with David Onyemata for me. Onyemata? Cool. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, Cam, did I steal it again, Jerry? <laughs> Stole it, definitely, absolutely. <laughs> All right, well, I'm going to – I was going to give a real random shout-out, like, oh, Canadian guy, went to Manitoba, and now he's playing in the NFL. He's playing very well. But, you know what? No, David, you take it. But they have the same first name. Let him have it. Like, yeah, David, I'm, okay, yeah, you're I'm, right. I'm okay, taking fine. this one. Um, so, but yeah, as Jared pointed out, and I would not have pointed out, so thanks for interrupting, Jared. Um, <laughs> he is from Manitoba, uh, played up there, for, and then came down to the NFL and is proven he can play with the best of them. Um, he is a real disruptor on the interior of that defensive line, and he's a guy on that front who they rotate all around along with Cam Jordan. So they are really able to find good matchups for him. Um, and there's, I, I, I'm sad to say, good matchups to be had against this offensive line of Denver. 
Uh, you know, we talked a little bit about how they get, had a decent game last week, but, you know, Lloyd Cushenberry still having a rough rookie season. Um, and the guard play next to him on both sides has been inconsistent, to be honest with you. Um, you know, Dalton Reisner is a really good pass or a run blocker, but his pass blocking is just not quite what it was last season, I don't think. Um, so, you know, having that a gap weakness there is kind of a difficult mm-hmm. one for, a, you know, a team that likes to rush inside like they do. Um, that's a difficult matchup for, for the Broncos this week. Yeah. And, and I think on that point, yeah, Dalton Reisner is having a much, much tougher time in pass protection than he did last year. And, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of it has to do with the seniority of the center mm-hmm. and the seniority of the quarterback being able to call out blitzes. That's the center quarterback exchange. The center quarterback com- communication to the offensive line is huge. And I think that what, what we're seeing in Dalton Reisner isn't a lack of ability. It's the lack of, that middle leadership and being able to call out and identify blitzes that I don't think we've been able to do uh, so far this year, other than maybe a few times mm-hmm. um, on, on my end. I think my, I, I'm going to, I'm going to go with uh, Malcolm Jenkins. They play Malcolm Jenkins, just like we play uh, Kareem Jackson in, in they play everywhere. They play him in yeah. the box. They play him outside. They play him. He's a big hitter. Uh, and that, that's someone that could be really disruptive to a game. So I'm a little bit worried about where he's going to play. And I think, you know, this might be the first time I don't think our tight ends are going to match up very well against a defense. I think we actually have better chances of throwing it outside. Uh, We haven't really been getting it to our tight ends lately anyway, but I don't see, I see Malcolm Jenkins being a disruptive factor with our tight ends this year, this week. And I I just, I just don't like that matchup. Something about it. I just don't like it. That's a good point because I've seen Malcolm Jenkins shut down the likes of Rob Gronkowski and, and other top tight ends in the league. And I mean, with Noah Fant, I mean, he's been hurt for a lot of the year too. He's never really been himself. And then, uh, you know, full. yeah, Alberto, he's been I mean, on IR now for yeah. a couple of weeks, right? So, uh, you know, with Nick Vanette and, and Noah Fant, I think, you know, Jared, you're making a good point. Malcolm Jenkins is going to eat it up. Like, honestly, he's going to match up well against those tight ends. Um, I'm going to pick Marcus Davenport. He's kind of like their third down pass rushing guy. Uh, he rolls in and out, like in the rotation of the defensive ends. But I think he is uh, somebody who is going to be a change of pace and he's going to really put like Dotson or Bowles sort of on their heels because they might not be used to his uh, um, his like presence, his impact, because they're going to be used to Trey Hendrickson or Cameron Jordan. Then in comes Davenport and throws a quick move and like he gets in the backfield. Uh, so somebody who's not necessarily a starter on the defense, but is a, a pass rushing specialist. And I think that this week is a week that he might have a few big plays simply because of the 12 right tackles we've started this year. And, you know, and Garrett, I mean, Garrett Bowles is having a phenomenal year, so I, I'm not worried about that. Um, you know, so it'll be interesting to see how that all matches up, but he's somebody that, you know, I, I keep an eye out for. Um, and then, I mean, on that note, let's just mention Cameron Jordan, all pro defensive end on that one side. He can play the run. He can play the pass. He can line up inside, outside, um, an absolute stud. So I think if he lines up on the, you know, on our offensive left with Garrett Bowles, I'm confident that Bowles can hold his own. Uh, but if we see him line up on the other side of the offensive line, might need a tight end there to help block. Might need to slide. Might need to be, you know, roll out the opposite way or do something there because he is a disruptive force. So, uh, so yeah, this defense is not without its uh, its superstars. Hmm. Um, now on well, off, and, and yeah. shout, shout out as we switch over to offense, this will be a good leeway. Shout out to Demar Dodson who kind of showed his need for him in this offense mm-hmm. because when you come out of a game. Uh, you know, the week before where you're not playing him and you come into this week and he's actually doing pretty well. I, I got to give a shout out to DeMar Dotson. I think he's, 
you know, he, he, he was a missing piece on that offensive line that really showed up. He, yeah, he did. I think he needed a few weeks to kind of get his groove in, uh, but he is a very experienced tackle and he's played a lot. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's good. It's, fun it's, uh, it's super weird that you said that. Cause I was literally also about to say, Shout out to Demar Dotson. So <laughs> sure, David. Not sure. generally on the same page today, but today we're we're on it. Um, no, but I was just going to say shout out to him for just being an average right tackle, like a league <laughs> average right tackle, and it is really nice to just watch that position not be an automatic pass rush loss oh, yeah. for the offensive line. Like he loses some, he wins some, but more often than not, he's stable. And that's mm-hmm. just really nice to see. Yeah, yeah, I feel that. So moving on to our offense then, who who's a player do you think that this week could, um, you know, be the lead guy or something, you know? And I'm not necessarily talking about a, a ball carrier or a ball catcher, but, like, who's a player on our offense that, like, if anybody's going to make some plays, if anybody's going to help us win, it's this guy. Yeah, two guys just flashed into my head at the same time, so I'm going to go with the one that was, I think, less expected. And that's going to be, for me, Garrett Bowles. Um, mm-hmm. Because of how well he's playing this season, I think he has a real chance to set the emotional tone for the offensive line. Um, and he's a guy who always plays right to the edge and sometimes past the edge. We haven't really seen personal foul Garrett Bowles. I think maybe he's got one this season. A couple, um, yeah, but that's yeah but not a lot like he's had in the past. But you, you've seen him be a guy who whose temper is always kind of at the surface and who always plays with a little bit of an edge. If he can get that going against this defensive line and give, you know, because they're always going to bring that when the New Orleans Saints play. That's something they always bring with them. So he can match that intensity and bring that to the rest of the offensive line. That could set a huge tone for the rest of the group. Yep, I'm gonna I'm gonna take her question. I'm gonna change it like a professional podcaster. Oh, and I'm gonna I'm I'm going to uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna answer your question where I think the person that's gonna make the most impact might be Tim Patrick this week. You know, Jerry Judy is going to get shut down. I feel I feel like they're gonna really focus on making sure that he doesn't get the ball. And I think Tim Patrick has the athletic ability and the 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 height to be able to take some of these guys, uh, some of these top corners. But I also want to change your question a little bit because I someone that I ex- don't expect to be the leader and, and change the game, but I really, really hope. And if he does take that turn to to have a better game than he has in the past, it'll really make the biggest difference in this game, specifically in this game, is Dalton Reisner. And I know we talked about him in the pass protection, but in that run offense, he if he can get a, a, a good push, if he does his pulls right, if he can make the good pulls, the good blocks on the outside, then that really changes the running game, which is something that we're going to need to establish here. And if we have the top two, our top two guys on the left side and we just keep running it to the left side over and over again and we get five, six yards every single time, that's going to be a, a game changer for this where we can still do a 50-50 run pass as opposed to just have to go with the pass because we can't get anything established on the ground. Mm-hmm. I got one thing, Jared. I, I might might disagree with you about how they're going to try and cover Patrick versus Judy this week. Um, I just gonna, because I, I say they're going to cover Judy over Patrick. Right, right, right. I think they're right. probably going to go the opposite way and and try and cover so. up Patrick a little more, just because I think if you're if your defensive coordinator Dennis Allen, former Bronco, um, you might be saying, well, he's got. He he knows how to get the ball to Patrick more reliably. Yep. Whatever it is, better chemistry. They hook up more reliably every game when Patrick is 100%. Um, and Judy is, you know, 
open but not getting the ball anyway. So to me, I kind of maybe will wouldn't mind if I'm the, the Saints D coordinator saying, all right, single him up. If he wins, he wins. You know, let's I trust my defensive line to get to lock before he makes it to Judy in the progression anyway. So that might be how they decide. I, just, no. just offer a counterpoint there. No, to, no, I, to I, balance I, the both of you out, Tim Patrick has 36 catches for 563 yards and three touchdowns. Okay. Mm-hmm. 15 mm-hmm. about at 15 yards per catch, right? Yeah. Jerry Judy has 37 catches for 589 yards, two touchdowns, and about 16 yards per uh, per catch. So really, man, they're kind of equivalent this year. They're kind of doing the same sort of Mm -hmm. thing on this offense, right? So um, I think either way, I think I I agree a bit more with David just because I think Tim Patrick has more experience and he's going to, I think Dennis Allen's going to be like, if we're going to get, you know, it's a sin to let your best player beat you. So, you know, try to get the rookie to do it, right? Right, Try to get the rookie to make those plays. Um, And on that note, I'm picking Jerry Judy because I think that he can have a fantastic game this week. Now, you know, I'm also going to pay. I'm 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 going to break the rules too because Jared he's broken the rules and whatever. So. <laughs> Professional podcasting we call. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Locke to Judy connection this week. I think this is you know back to back home games, no traveling. Uh, you're coming off a win where it, it took you know grit and and determination, but it's a nice. It was a good win, right? It, it was something that that builds the confidence. Now I think that you know Locke can carry this with Judy into this week. Um, they're going to have to move a lot. On that offensive line, he's going to have to do some bootlegs, some sprints, some some slides, and all this stuff. And like Jerry Judy's such a nice route runner and somebody who can do all these different things that I think that he's going to be a prime target for Locke. And and I think the connection between Locke and Judy, this is the week where it can really happen, right? It, not necessarily to, I don't know if we're going to get a win or not, but to see that connection blossom a little bit this week. I think this is a place that can really happen because uh, the Saints are really strong against the run, but they do suffer against the pass. And I think that, you know, th- this is the week where these two can really gel. Yeah. Yeah. And that would be, you know, it's a, I'm glad you mentioned the Broncos at home this week. It does give us kind of a, you know, small advantage, um, you know, that altitude to, you know, just especially when you're the Saints and you rely on your big guys up front so much. You know, having that being at that altitude for that long will kind of wear them down, at least, yeah. you know, if you stick with the run, especially into the fourth quarter, that may give you some kind of advantage, especially going later into the game. Yeah. Now, the Saints are coming off, I think it's like a nine game. Uh, no, like uh, uh, what is it? They've lost their first three and then one, two, three, four, five, six, seven game seven wins, wins. Yeah. in a row, right? So we just broke the Dolphins five game win streak last week. And, you know, it, every time you win, it kind of gets like harder to win, right? Yeah, it's sure. hard to Target win back. back to back to back to back all the time. So I think this is a time where you know we can really come in and and change that up and, and break that winning streak. Um, you know, we'll see really what happens, uh, but I think they're primed for a loss, and, and it could be you know a, a, this home field here, and we're playing a four o'clock game, which is always better. Um, so you know, flipping the script here, looking at the other side of the ball. On the Saints offense, right? We talked about Taysom Hill, how he's he's kind of the new face of the offense. Um, you know, this is a unit that is experienced. Uh, there's no like uh, other than Hill, but Hill, I don't consider him as a rookie or somebody who lacks experience because he's played in every game for like the past like three, four years, right? He's right. Uh, he gets it. Um, you know, th- this offense is also like 
stacked. The offensive line might be the best in the league. Um, sorry, I, I take it back. Cesar Ruiz, the rookie, he's playing uh, right guard, but he's playing really well. Ryan Ramchek at right tackle, you know, all-star, all-pro, pro bowl, or whatever you want to call him. Toronto, Armstead, same thing. The receiving core with Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas has been hurt all year, um, but last year he broke the reception record. You know, Alvin Kamara is winning my fantasy league. That's for damn sure. Oh, wait, you guys are in my fantasy league too. Well, yeah. Yeah. yeah Jared, that? you're doing better, but David, what's going on, man? Yeah, no, I destroyed David this week. That was great. I got, everybody, I got, everybody destroyed David this week. I got two words for you guys, and those two words are bottoming out. Um, <laughs> you're going for that uh, Trevor Lawrence, eh? Yeah, absolutely. But, but, <laughs> yeah, I'm getting that first pick in next year's draft, which is not how it works, and it never has in our Trevor. league. Uh, but yeah, no, I am tanking for Trevor. Um, it's, uh, you know, what can I say? It's been a hard year and a tough year and a long year and I'm going to cry. Um, so come back back to us when you come to, um, but going back to your point, Matt, I think Alvin Kamara is, they ride and die on Alvin Kamara and we've seen it on many games when Mm. they can't get anything else going, they ride or die on Alvin Kamara. And they've been riding. (laughs) There's no death there. And they've been been riding. They've not been dying. Let's be honest. I mean, they'll, they'll give it to him over the air. They'll give it to him up the middle. They'll give it to him down outside. There's nothing that he can't do, which is scary for a defense. And I think our defensive game plan needs to start with shutting him down. Mm, yeah yeah absolutely make it hard just make it harder for Taysom Hill who's not I I, I don't I keep trying to think of him as a young quarterback and he's 30 um but he's still an inexperienced quarterback and taking away an option like Kamara that that would be a huge help to the Broncos defense um I'm gonna go with excuse me uh Jared Cook um we saw you know Mike Gesicki have an impact last week in the you know in the few times that the Dolphins offense looked effective at all Mike Gesicki was grabbing balls and it's still been a point of contention for this Broncos defense they're not able to cover the tight end that well and Jared Cook is I know you know approximately a million but he's still (laughs) almost he's still a really big really physical guy not super fast anymore um but still somebody who I would think would be somebody who the Broncos defense really wants to pay attention to yeah. uh, if they don't want yeah. to get burned. Yeah. He's, he's uh he could definitely be an X factor, especially yeah. with Hill at, at quarterback, you know, maybe, I mean, the thing with this offense, like Drew Brees hasn't thrown a ball past, I think like 35 yards in about five years. Yeah. So but this is not a deep threat offense, you know? No. And did you see Taysom Hill throw the deep ball against the and, Falcons? Yeah. It, I've never seen a deep ball do that. Daniel <laughs> Sanders made a great play on that. Football. It was it was like yeah. a big arch, man. Like, yeah, and then, and then right it put, like it at the top of the arch, it didn't like nosedive down. It just kind of fell, and <laughs> it was it was the weirdest pass I think I've seen thrown in quite some time. And I'll tell you what, if he heaves any more of those up this week, Justin Simmons is going to have three picks. Most um, definitely. Like, so that's, I mean, that's a good say, Jared. Who do you who do you picking on this offense? I mean, Alvin Kamara is he your guy? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I'd say Alvin Kamara is my yeah, guy. Okay. Yeah, okay, that's, that's cool. We, we shut him. We shut him down. We win this game. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to uh, I, I'm going to pick the ex Bronco Emmanuel Sanders. Um, Emmanuel Sanders is I love the guy. He's one. He's been one of my favorite receivers since he was with the Steelers, man. But he's been to Super Bowl with every team he's played on. Uh, you know, and he's super experienced and and 
versatile and he can play at any receiver spot and, and he makes an impact. Um, so I think he's going to be a, a safety net for uh, Taysom Hill because on the Broncos defense, like Alexander Johnson, and uh, now we're getting Mark Barron back apparently this week. So he's, he's a nice athletic option to kind of cover the tight ends and, and the running backs. But, you know, between Kamara and Cook, I think Emmanuel Sanders is that other sort of release valve that, that they can get a lot of balls to. And I think he's somebody who might not get as much production as the other players on the offense, but is still somebody who might have like one of those three or four big plays, you know, in a game that makes a difference, you know, in a drive, or he might get, you know, a, a quick touchdown here, you know, here or there. So he's the player that I kind of like, eh, you know, overall, man, I mean, this, this offense is stacked, but Emmanuel Sanders is somebody who really sticks out to me as being, you know, a, a dangerous player. Somebody like eventually who you can't cover everybody, right? So you got to cover Kamara, Thomas. So, I mean, I'm assuming, you know, Alexander Johnson on, on Kamara uh, or Mark mm-hmm. Barron and then Mark Barron uh, or Alexander Johnson on the tight end, uh, Jared Cook. And then, uh, you know, you've got like your, your corners on their receivers. And then, you know, eventually like one of these guys going to come open. I think Sanders is, might be that X factor. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good pick. That Sanders is one of those guys that if you can get him going, he can mm. be a game changer. Oh, and we, gosh, we saw yeah. it when he was here in Denver. I mean, it's the same thing. If you yeah. don't target him, he's not going to be able to make any plays. But when you start targeting him, he can be the guy that changes the game. Absolutely. Uh, okay, so looking at the Broncos defense, man, the number two defense in the league with a bunch of backups will have you know. A bunch of backups, and and we're number two in the in the league. So imagine the potential and the possibilities of this unit if it was full of starters like uh who who who's gonna have a great game this week like who's gonna be the guy who's gonna shut down the the saints offense i'm gonna go up front deshaun williams um and by i'm glad i'm reading jared's face i did not steal his pick this time (laughs) um so I, i you know williams is a guy who you know kind of was an unknown backup you know practice squad journeyman kind of guy you know, one of those guys who's been cut 18,000 times or whatever mm-hmm. um, in his career. And you never really thought of him as a guy who was going to come in and produce in a meaningful way. But having Shelby Harris out on the COVID list, um, ha- having a guy like Williams step up and play as well as he has, you know, he had two sacks against the Dolphins um, and another tackle for loss or two, I believe. Um, and he's yeah. just coming every week and being a steady presence on a defensive line where it's just like how many guys have to step up, you know, like how many more will we lose? He's been a a big factor, especially last week. He had a great game last week. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think, you know, I mean, a young center in Eric McCoy, a young guard in in Cesar Ruiz, um, you know, so if we can line him up in the right spot, I think he can definitely have an impact. Jared, who are you picking? So I, I think, and I, I stand by this, I said on the Tuesday night show, I think the most underrated player on our entire team is Alexander Johnson. I, I think he's, really? he's a guy, He I think he is the guy on our defense that is really making this defense click and making it come together. He's not always going to get your flashy plays. He's not always going to get your your big sacks. A couple times he'll get a couple pits in the back backfield, but he's always where he needs to be when he needs to be there. And whether that be fill the A gap so that somebody else can come around the B gap or, you know, go to the outside so that uh, Chubb can come to the inside. He always does his job. He does it well. And he pulls guys where he needs to. And it's something that, you know, normally as a, as a general football fan, you watch that and you're like, okay, well, he's not the guy getting all the tackles, which he still is getting quite a few tackles as you're looking at the run game. But he's the guy that if we're going to be able to stop Alvin Kamara, he's the guy that's going to be able to do it in the run game. 
Mm-hmm. Now we're talking about when we're talking about like, you know, passes out wide. We're talking about bubbles. That might be a different story. But in the run game, anything in between the two tackles, he's going to be the guy that's going to be the difference maker. And I still think he's one of the most underrated players on our team. Yeah, that's I mean, I, I don't consider him as underrated. I think he is uh, uh, maybe in the media, maybe in the sort of mainstream. He's he's underrated. Uh, but I think I think within the football world, like this guy is known. He Damn. is a thumper. He's a good leader. Like he's, I think he, he does a fantastic job on this defense, you know, and, and just as a linebacker in general. Um, but, you know, that's a great pick. I'm going to pick the guy next to him, Mark Barron, who hasn't played since we signed him. He's somebody who's kind of bounced around a little bit in the league. He actually started as a strong safety for the Rams, and then they brought him down to linebacker so he can do things like cover tight ends and running backs and and, and play that sort of nickel-dime defense. Um, so I think this week, Mark Barron is somebody who's going to be able to run sideline to sideline and cover the quick uh, pass game and, and, and cover the, you know, the, 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 the screens and, and the little stuff like that and chase down running backs. And, um, you know, ultimately he, he had a hamstring injury, um, but he hasn't played this year. So he's still relatively fresh, you know, his body hasn't been beat up. Right. So I think he's somebody that, you know, if he's healthy and he can play the whole game, he can have a really big uh, impact. I think that Fangio is the inside linebacker whisperer. Like he has so much success with his linebackers. Josie Jewell has been having a pretty good year overall. Uh, the linebackers in Chicago were like studs under Fangio. Uh, they still are, but like Fangio kind of like creates these beasts to go out and like hunt running backs and quarterbacks. So, uh, you know, I think Alexander Johnson's success is very much tied to uh, Fangio. And I think Mark Barron, you know, given he's been in the meetings, he's learned the defense, and now he's actually getting on the field. I'm really hoping to see him uh, be an X factor, uh, even potentially get an interception, maybe a turnover. That'd be really cool to see. Uh, so he's my pick. Um, you know, but ultimately, I have a lot of faith in this defense to match up against uh, this this offense. Like, I don't think we're going to see a lot of deep balls from Taysom Hill because, to David's point, like he, I mean, he just can't. And I don't think this offense is really built around the deep passes. Um, you know. They weren't around Drew Brees, and it's like all of a sudden it's going to be like that. Unless Jameis Winston comes in the game, he's got a bit of a cannon. Uh, but ultimately, man, I think if we play a nice tight zone game, we keep Bryce Callahan in the slot. We let A.J. Bouye do his thing on the outside. Uh, you know, we're going to have some some luck, and, and we're going to have some some good impact on this, uh, on this defense. So, um, yeah, I mean, this will be a hell of a game nonetheless. Yeah, absolutely. So here's here's the thing. So with the inconsistency of our Broncos team that we've seen this year, the Broncos are sitting at plus six, plus six points. Are you taking the Broncos plus six this week? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know I'm gonna, if I'm going to pick them to win. I haven't decided that yet, but I am. And that's why I asked it that way. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, because uh, I mean, th- this could go literally any way. We could win yeah. by 20 points. We could lose by 100, and nobody would be surprised the way that our Broncos have been playing this year. But yeah. pl- at plus six, are you willing to put put your money on that? Not a lot of it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Because I think it's going to be a defensive battle. Um, kind of like the Dolphins game was, uh, you know, that 20 to 13 score, probably be something close to that again. Um, if Drew Locke is serving up the Drew Locke special, uh, the, the Saints defense is going to score or set their offense up within the 10 yard line. Uh, if he's not doing that, then, and we're running the ball effectively, we've got a chance to win a, a 20 to 13, 24 to 17 game. Uh, so, 
you know, it really all depends on what that quarterback play looks like. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't think we're going to see a, a fireworks type of game. This will be no. defensive and, you know, the score will be relatively tight. Honestly, a plus six, like I'm not a gambling person with money, with my life I am, but with money, like, <laughs> not really. So uh, I, I don't think I put my money on that, but um, yeah, I don't know. It's a tough one. I think it could go either way. I mean, Taysom Hill, just the fact that there's not much film on him, that there's, you know, that the playbook's going to open up even more. And and I don't know, I, I believe in this guy as a, as a viable starter. He is a bit older than, like, these other mobile rookies. But, man, he can do some pretty uh, cool stuff. And and he just keeps the defense on their heels. So, I mean, I, I don't know how this game is necessarily going to work out. But, nonetheless, it'll be pretty cool. So, plus six could be something worth putting your money on. Check out Ragers. I'm sure you'll have uh, way more valuable information to give you on that one in-depth analysis coming on rangers i'm sure absolutely absolutely i'm gonna i'm gonna say i like it i like the plus six plus six is a lot uh even if you do score lose by six points it's a push i i i think this game is going to be close i don't think that this is going to be a blowout uh and outside really two games this year which was the raiders and the tampa bay game there hasn't been really any blowouts like a lot of them have been close that we've always been in chance to score. We've always had a mm-hmm. chance to come back at some point. And I, I don't know. I just, I just don't see it. I think we're starting to come in on our own. And I think the addition of Mark Barron is going to really help out. I, I don't see them blowing us out by at all I, more than a touchdown. Um, yeah, no, no God. No, I think, you know, like you said, Jared, I think that we've been in games all year and it's like, this is, this is a team that's just lacking consistency and health to really push us to the next level. So, I mean, this week, man, I think a few players seem to be coming back. Uh, we've, we're coming off a win. I was hoping after the Chargers win, we'd get that momentum we needed, but, you know, right. evidently not. Uh, so here we are. Uh, and, you know, after the second win and, uh, you know, this, this, gosh, I don't know, boys, this, this will go pretty well. I think, you know, even if we do lose this game, I, I don't expect to see much of a blowout, like, it is what it is. We were close in the Falcons game. Almost came back, scored 21 in the fourth quarter. You know, we came back against the Chargers, right? Uh, the Raiders were well, it was a disaster. But that then, like, disaster. we, we, you know, we, we took the lead in the in the Dolphins game. We never gave it away. And then, uh, so this week, hopefully we can get that second win in a row that we haven't had all year. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, yeah. you know, scoring early is going to be the key because we didn't fall behind drastically against the Dolphins. You yeah. know, we went behind seven nothing, but then we were able to tie that score back up, and it was, you know, we didn't have to get away from our run mm-hmm. game. We didn't have to abandon that and just put it on Drew Lock. Heck yeah, Absolutely. yeah. Okay, so as we uh, as we kind of wrap this up here, um, Jared, give us your your score predictions and your your final thoughts that you may have. So, I, and I've said this last couple of times. I'm actually going to switch this up. I think this is going to be the day that the Broncos start doing something on offense. And I think Alvin Kamara is actually going to have a pretty decent game. This I, I know that David said this is going to be a low-scoring game. We've said that for the last few weeks because we have such a good defense to be able to do it. Uh, but I, I do think that our offense is going to get going. I think we're going to score more than two touchdowns this week. I'm going to call it. I'm going to say it's going to be a 27-24 to 24 game for the Broncos. Oh, wow. Picking the Broncos to win. Okay. I, I'm, yeah. I look. I, I I can't not pick the Broncos. Down at this point. <laughs> That's true. That's true. All right, David. What do you think? I'm not gonna pick the Broncos to win. Surprise! Surprise! You know, quiet down, you. Um, <laughs> you know, it's it's not gonna be 
a burial. I don't think the I don't think the Saints are going to cover that six point spread we were talking about earlier. Um, I think they probably will win something in the neighborhood of twenty to fifteen. Um, twenty to fifteen. Who yeah. the hell's ever played a game twenty to fifteen? Fifteen. Uh, five field goals for the Broncos' <laughs> offense. That's what I'm calling. <laughs> no touchdowns. No, no touchdowns. No touchdowns. Five field, five field I see goals. it happening, man. Like, yeah. who, what was the game where we only had field goals against the Broncos? It was that was a pass, right? Yeah, six field goals. With no yeah. touchdowns. Yep. 18 to 12, man. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's possible. 15. God almighty. All right. Including well, like a 65 yarder that Brandon McMahon is like, <laughs> finally is allowed to kick. <laughs> and it's like awesome. And they're like, it's the one that takes them from like down 20 to 9 to 20 to 12. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Cool. Um, I'm also picking the Saints to win this one um, <clears throat> simply because I think they are the most, the more experienced team. I, I can really see the Saints push for the Super Bowl this year. Um, in that NFC race, it, it, it is pretty tight uh, unless you're in the NFC East. Otherwise, it's a pretty tight race. There's a lot of competitive teams there. And, and so I think the Saints are one of those teams, even with Taysom Hill as, as their quarterback. Um, I do think it'll be a nice, tight game. Uh, I think the Saints are going to win, say, 23 to 17. Um but I think the touchdown that we're going to see on the Broncos side is going to be a defensive touchdown. Mm. I think the offense might struggle to get in the end zone. We're going to see a lot of field goals. McManus better get warm, but I think we're, we might see uh, you know, a nice little pick six or a fumble return, um, you know, this week here. I just, given the fact that Taysom Hill is still finding the, the, you know, the, the ropes as like a starting quarterback, I think he's going to, you know, surrender, uh, uh, you know, the ball at one point. Um, so yeah, there you have it. Jared's the only optimistic one here. Um, but I think naturally, of course, but I think ultimately, like I I could see the Broncos winning this, this might be, you know, this might fall under the consideration of a trap game. Uh, the saints are riding high on seven straight wins. They might be like, these Broncos don't know shit. And then we'd be like, yeah, fuck you, man. And then come (laughs) out and win. Right. So I don't think it'll go exactly that way. It'll probably be a bit more professional, but, uh, (laughs) you know, I ultimately, man, if the Broncos go out, they have some fun, they play good ball and, and they still stay resilient. You know, I think this could be a very winnable game for them, especially at home. Uh, you know, it's getting colder. The saints come from a dome and you know what I mean? It's, it's a different beast out there. Um, but, uh, yeah. So uh, do y- y'all got any uh, final thoughts here before we shut this down and get on with our lives? I think we have covered just about everything. Most definitely. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, hey, guys, have a uh, other than you, Matt, because you had your Thanksgiving <laughs> like a month ago. Uh, oh, yeah. Have a good Thanksgiving. Hope the guys are yeah, and everybody your listening, yeah. social distancing and uh, Zoom calling with your uh, with your loved ones and and enjoying some turkey. And uh, let's just get a Broncos win. I really yeah. just want, man, if the Broncos win this one, it completely changes a lot of talks. So I, I, oh, I really want to, I want to, I want to have those conversations with people if the Broncos win this and one. And then you know? the Falcons are going to beat the Raiders. And then all of a sudden, man, that race getting a lot tighter for that. Oh, uh, oh man, that, you know, that we're division. playoff contention. We're not mathematically mm-hmm. eliminated. Oh, boy. So, uh, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it was going to come out at some point in the podcast. <laughs> But anyways, yeah. yeah, stay safe, stay happy. I hope uh, everybody listening finds some some love and some blessings this weekend. And uh, next week we got the Chiefs, which I'm super stoked about. So uh, we'll see y'all then, all right? So one last time, boys, on a good old Go Broncos. Go Broncos.
Orange Weekly, fans, brews, and Broncos news.